0: you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company then you're in the right place welcome to the retail transformation show with me oliver banks hey welcome to the retail transformation show it's oliver banks here how are you doing today This is episode 42, and this time we're diving into one of the biggest changes that the retail market has seen recently. Over the last 15 years or so, it's completely changed the relationship with the customer, and it's given a significant power swing over to the customer too. They are now king or queen, of course, more than ever before. That, of course, is social media. It's had a profound difference on the whole retail market, and it continues to have a profound difference. Social media has opened up a conversation with the whole world. It's funny, we now have terms like viral, which are a good thing. Rewind the clock a few years, and we wouldn't want to be viral, let's be honest. (laughs) And social media continues to evolve. We've recently seen Instagram, of course, come out and say, hey, You can shop directly through us now. It's a shopping channel. It's a retailer, arguably. So today, I wanted to dive deep into the impact that social media has had on retail. And I'm delighted to announce that we've got a special guest joining us today to dive deep into this topic. So I'm delighted to introduce you to Polly Barnfield OBE. If you're not in the UK, then OBE stands for Officer of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire, which is essentially an official recognition of a major contribution to the UK. In Polly's instance, she's done some amazing charity work. And right now, she's the founder and CEO of Maybe, which we'll be finding a little more out. But essentially, what Maybe does It's a big listening device for the crazy world of social media that we live in today. So you can get a whole load of deep insights, but we'll dive into that in a little bit. But being founder and CEO of Maybe gives Polly a really unique position because she spends all day looking and understanding what's going on in social media and with a particular interest in the world of retail. So she's got her finger firmly on the social media pulse. Show notes from today's episode can be found at obandco.uk slash 42. So without further ado, let's jump straight on into my conversation with Polly Barnfield. Here we go. Today on the Retail Transformation Show, we're lucky to be joined by Polly Barnfield, OBE. Polly, how are you doing?
1: I'm very well, thank you, Ollie.
0: Thank you so much for jumping into this one with me. It's certainly going to be an interesting topic. We're going to be talking all about social media and how it's changing retail.
1: Uh, That's what I thought I was talking about. So that's always a good start to to the day.
0: (laughs) So unless you've been living in a cupboard or under a rock, social media has grown massively over the past 15 years, really. Facebook started only in 2004. Twitter 2006, and Instagram in 2010 and bought out by Facebook, of course, in 2012, which is kind of for me when social media really got interesting and when it really started to become more commercially savvy, I suppose. So, Polly, just to kick us off with, how do you think, just a tiny little question here, how has social media changed retail so far? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think it's utterly fascinating, Ollie, that you know fundamentally every, in this time when retail is it, it, going through such an extraordinary change, that at the same time I think it's no coincidence that the consumer has suddenly got tremendous power. Social media has created a customer channel like never before. As you said, social media didn't exist 14 years ago, and now the average social media user spends 2 hours per day and if you're aged between 16 and 24 you're spending 3 hours per day on social media it's a whole new place in our world
0: it's crazy isn't it 2 or 3 hours a day i don't fit in that younger younger bracket but i can imagine it uh, <laughs> escalates up quite a bit
1: yeah i mean i think you know what what's hard to comprehend is how the time spent in this channel is not It's not a broadcast channel. It's not. It's not like TV, where the customer doesn't have the right response. You know, this is turning brands very much focus on influencers and and reaching customers, you know, through channels. But what it's creating is a second layer where the customer has tremendous micro influence. Because I believe what my friends tell me, and I think that has such a tremendous impact on everything we do, that it's really hard to comprehend how that's impacting the seismic shift in retail that's going on at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting when you reflect back and you think about, you know, TV ads or, or print media, billboards, the classic ways that brands would reach consumers. And they were all one to many. It's a very much a broadcast channel. But it's very much flipped it round. Rather than one to many, it's one to one a lot more now, or at least I believe successful social media is one to one. Is that is that where you're going with that?
1: Oh, Ollie, absolutely. So you know, I think today the you know, social media is uh, Facebook is getting very rich. It's now the second biggest digital advertising channel, and so media shift is is moving to Facebook. Customers uh, and Instagram, obviously, but Facebook is still the largest, largest media channel um, behind Google. But it is a customer channel where consumers have the right response. And so business has not yet, I believe, understood the way it needs to deal with advertising when it's using it in this way. Because my analogy is that if you had customers queuing outside your store, you wouldn't turn your back and walk away from them. But yet, Social media and ad spend on social media is being used like a traditional channel, even though it has the right of response. So it's like having a queue, but not not opening your doors. The majority of retail brands are using social media to send traffic to their websites, not their physical location. But ironically, social media is really, really good at driving footfall. And I think that the gap in the market today is that landlords and retailers alike Have not taken ownership of their digital audience and how they use it in a way to support a multi-channel retail environment.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Particularly the point about landlords. I'd never actually thought about landlords using social media before that very moment in time, but you never see anything from even, even the big landlords, you know, you're into your Amazons and so on trying to engage or bring consumers, people into local malls. And so, when I think high streets are improving. They've, they're behind the curve, but getting there, but you never see anything from the landlords, which is quite weird in a way.
1: <laughs> oh, you, you just hit my hot button, Olive. Oh, dear. Um, So I <laughs> just step away. <laughs> um, I am, I, um, uh, that's what I find extraordinary. If you look at um, any digital business, it's judged by the size of the audience it can reach and i believe that fundamentally landlords should start to look at their assets in the sense of how many consumers can i reach you know if um, let's not name any names but if you think of any of the big landlords that you may have just mentioned and you ask them what's your footfall into one of their leading centers they can tell you if you then ask them how many of those people can you invite back in the answer is not very many at all mm. but fundamentally it's no different from being a customer of Amazon or a customer of ASOS. Those brands can bring you straight back in when they've got something new to tell you. Landlords need to, I believe, take ownership of their audience so they can deliver footfall to their brands within them. If you like, I believe the anchor has changed. You know, it wasn't long, long ago that the anchor was seen as a big retail brand, but I would argue that the anchor is now increasingly the ability to bring the customer back in and that is what social media can deliver
0: and have that conversation correct any time of day or night
1: exactly exactly
0: so let's let's dive into the details of social media we could talk around it and go in many different directions but i want to really understand what does social media look like or good social media look like you're the the founder and ceo as i mentioned of maybe and you're, you're really deep into the world of social media and in particular around the whole retail industry. So I'd love to hear your unique expert positioning around what does that good social media presence look like for a retail brand?
1: Well, number one, I think good social media is, is, is what works for the customer. The, the set of metrics that measure social, it has all got to be as how am I engaging the customer? We're really inci- excited to be invited to be part of the High Street Task Force, um, Government's High Street Task Force, because I think that never before have you been able to understand what the customer wants so easily and potentially change, change things so fast. But if you look at what does social media look like in the retail world and what's good, I think there's some unusual, unexpected winners, if you think about it. Um, and when you step back, mm. it's, it's actually seems terribly logical. Um, but maybe that's just the way my mind works, <laughs> so if you look at for example lush oh uh, let's start again let's look at Primark and b m bargains yes there are two, there are two retailers who are doing extraordinarily well on the high street they are they are high street winners, but yet they don't have any e commerce yes
0: yeah, so in in our multi channel world, you don't need to be multi channel to be successful, right
1: correct, but if you then go and look a bit deeper. Both Primark and B&M Bargains are extraordinarily good at social media. Both brands direct people to their physical stores, which is something that very, very few other brands do. Um, Notable exceptions are people like Lush um, and Hobbycraft, who, again, have physical and digital presence, but their social channels are used to drive people to their physical stores and they empower their local teams to do so. Interestingly, Primark, Primark and B&M don't do local social, but they don't have e-commerce. Lush and Hobbycraft have physical stores web, uh, and e-commerce, but their model is that they empower local teams to drive local footfall and they allow local teams to engage with the conversation. So if you go into, for example, Lush's um, flagship store in Liverpool, and you talk to the team there, talk to somebody on the floor there, they will tell you, oh, no, our social media is done in house. And so they have a local flavor, they have a local relationship with their customers. And in the same way that you have a great experience physically, you have a great experience digitally that's relevant to that to that store. And at the end of the day, let's not forget retail, Is simply about serving the customer well. But the challenge is the customer swap channels.
0: Yes. And they're playing across all of the channels all of the time.
1: Correct. So if you then still go on a bit further and look at some new starts and something like Gymshark or Boohoo, and you look at their social channels, it really highlights how social is not about selling. Social is about a relationship. Social is about finding the customer, reaching the customer, pleasing the customer. Um, um um and understanding the customer and reacting to the customer, it is a conversation. In the same way that, you know, if I just if I didn't stop and listen to you all and just kept talking, you'd switch the off button and I wouldn't I wouldn't get to be on your show, I suspect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's interesting. If if you were to imagine that same conversation happening in store and it became a broadcast type conversation where a sales assistant or associate just spoke at you, <laughs> it would be like Wow this is weird I'm just going to walk away after about 20 seconds. <laughs> and this person just talking at me not conversing as a one way one way tell channel. It'd be interesting.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean I think you know from my, our perspective the the way that we benchmark what does good social look look like is by really digging down much deeper. Um it, it's ironic how the majority of businesses measure um, metrics like followers or posts but fundamentally what actually really matters is how much content do you post versus your competitors how does your in- audience engage with that content and again versus your competitors because the customer is always choosing between you or somebody else right how do how well do you respond to that engagement so you've said you've said here's my thing and i've said that's nice or what would you say back to me And I think that's a bit that's often missed. Sure. And then the big, the big black hole is, well, how well do you engage with the conversation where your customers also are? So if your customers are talking about something that engages them, are you engaging that conversation as a brand? And again, how well are, how well are your competitors doing that? And if you look at brands like Boohoo and Gymshark, that's what they're extraordinarily good at doing. They will go and engage in a much wider conversation that's not just about Boohoo or Gymshark, but it's actually about what their brand stands for and what the the customer's involved in, and that's what makes them part of their customer's life, because it's a different channel. It's not broadcast. It's a it's a relationship.
0: That's really interesting. So uh, back in episode forty, I was looking at the 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 big problems facing retailers, and some of those are so in tune with this. You know, not knowing what your purpose is, not knowing how you're going to be relevant. Well, if you don't know that, you can't really do social well because you're going to be talking about a a scattergun of topics. If you have that clear purpose, you can bring that through into your social media channels, your tone of voice, and so on. And being able to understand your customer, if you don't understand them, like the examples you've just given about Boohoo, Gymshark, if you don't understand your customer, how are you going to talk to them? How are you going to engage them? rather than just almost acting like a another customer service hotline where you wait for a customer to engage you and talk to you it's a, it's a different way of looking at things so really interesting that it plays through i mean it's kind of obvious when you think about it but obviously not all companies are doing it you've given some great examples there for companies that are doing great Efforts, whether it's on a, on a national level or whether it's on a, a local level, I think it's good to have a different blend that everyone plays to the same rule. Everyone in that company plays to the same rule.
1: I think another really interesting example is the entertainer. Um, you know, here is the, I think they badge themselves as the UK's fastest growing family-run um, high street toy business. And when you look at compare them to a business like Toys R Us, who you know crashed out of the UK market. How do those two things? Why are those two things so different? And going back to this whole piece of how brands can use social locally, um, we recently benchmarked the performance of the entertainer and noticed something extraordinary, um, which is that throughout June 2019, um, we saw how they had engaged with conscious conversations. There was something called uh, World Environment Day, and the and the entertainer partnered with the Salvation Army. Um, around um, a campaign to reduce plastic by rehoming, uh, rehoming toys to those in need really lovely campaign. But what they did that was so extraordinary was that they got all of the shopping centers where they exist involved. So, you know, that, again, points to a brand that's outperforming the market, and using great social media content to deliver local footfall. So and linking it with a great cause. I think the results speak for themselves. And if you look at the influences for the entertainer over a period of time, every shopping center where they have a presence, we're talking about them. Wow. Exactly. Wow, well, Ollie. And, but if you go and look at the majority of shopping centers, they never talk about the brands. It's it's just extraordinary. So this is, you know, it's not it's not rocket science. Treat people like human beings um, and link it to a cause and a place and more people turn up and buy the product.
0: That's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that example, Bonnie. My pleasure. So let's flip it around. Without naming and shaming too much. <laughs> what does bad social media look like, Polly?
1: Oh, that's exciting. Um, I think bad social media to me looks like having no understanding of the impact that your content is having, having no awareness that you're you really are talking to yourself, so that you're not listening, you're not you're not having any concept of the sentiment that your content is creating absolutely zero localization of your content. So it doesn't matter where the customer is, you're sending the same thing. And this whole idea that it's just okay to shout, you know, if you went into a a room and shouted the same thing all the same time, it's just inappropriate. And so (laughs) (laughs) And, and and weird, but yet, but yet it's this whole metric of how many followers and what am I posting? It's not. It's not about that. If you think of what how people are using influencers, yeah, it's it's well, dial it down to the power of one and say how do I make every customer feel? And bad social is pissing that customer off, bluntly.
0: That's right. Yeah. So I mean, it's interesting the point about influencers because often it, it feels like brands are, are working with influencers that just have a big following frankly as well rather than necessarily influencers that are engaging with their with with their followers having a good conversation I think there's a bit of an imbalance with the whole influencer social media influencer piece personally at the moment what do you think
1: oh massively solely I mean you know who do you believe most do you believe what your best mate tells you or what somebody that you have a an attachment to on social media says I believe you, Ollie, because I, you know, I've, I've, I know you, but I, I don't believe somebody that just has a large follow number. Um, maybe I'm an old cynic.
0: Yeah. Oh, great! They've got you know a million Instagram followers. Oh, great. Yeah. Let's yeah. Hear what they have to say because they're, they're not actually engaging those million people. But it's you know it feels like that's the metric that many retail companies are going after when they start thinking about influencers.
1: Absolutely, I think you've hit the nail on the head head right there, which is what does bad social look like? And bad social is actually chasing numbers and not appreciating that what social media has delivered to us all is a tool that enables you to engage and deliver to the channel of one. And now you can do that at scale as long as you're in tune with your customer. And that is the really interesting shift in dynamic that has to happen.
0: It brings up an interesting conversation around social KPIs there. What what are the best social KPIs? How do you measure engagement if it's not just follower numbers or reach or something like that? What are your, What are your thoughts?
1: Oh, that's fascinating. That's our our, our, our so our big project that we're working on at the moment is exactly that. It's this concept of how what does good look like, and we believe that and good good changes only. So good changes every day because the market is so so it's so it's so agile. So I think there's this concept of how much content do you post versus your competitors? How well does your audience engage versus your competitors? How well do you respond to that content versus your competitors? And how well do you engage in the conversation with your competitors are should be the four metrics that every brand should really look at, because in there is a magic triangle that lets you understand that you are listening, you're responding, and you're in tune. And then lay over the top of that, how am I doing on a sentiment stake? Globally, nationally, and locally, because each market is subtly different. But you can then determine your brand values and where you need to invest your time. You know, so many brands we can see that they're creating great engagement, but they're not responding to it. And that is the analogy: you've you've created a queue outside your store, but you're not opening the door. And that's just at the organic level. At the paid level, there's a tremendous gap where people are running a lot of paid, but they're not responding to the the response that to responding to the um, Comments that it's generating, or they're running the running the wrong bad pay the wrong paid. There needs to be a new set of metrics that brands look at.
0: Yeah, interesting, and and it will continue to evolve, I'm sure, rather than be let's let's agree a new metric and keep it in place for the next twenty years.
1: It's test, 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 and then test again.
0: So, I, I just want to dive into an, another element of social media, which again I think is probably fairly widely misunderstood, and that's the whole. Bit about organic versus paid presence. There's often a feeling that social media for brands is pay to play. Um, you have to get into the ads, you have to, to do that to be able to have a decent social media presence. Is that right? Or do you think it's more about that? Maybe leading the witness here, right? <laughs> more about the engagement piece. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: very interesting question, Ollie. So, um, number one, the rules change all the time. Um, there are, on some channels, you can get extraordinary organic reach still. Um, but I think that let's be brutal. Facebook ads really work, but it's a question of they only work if you agree on the metrics you want them to deliver to. And so they are massively important in anybody's strategy, um, if you, to, to have wide market reach. But it's about saying what do you want to achieve through them? So they only work if you agree on the metrics. Do you want to achieve engagement? Do you want to achieve followers? Do you want to achieve sales? If you're achieving, if you're asking to achieve those things, why and what does success look like? And then make sure you're measuring the return on advertising spend. Test, turn up what works and kill what doesn't. You can achieve extraordinary results through paid media, but only if you know what you want to achieve and test the metrics work for your business. But fundamental to all of that is remember that the the money you're spending on social is often generating a conversation. And sometimes the comments that are generated through paid advertising are really well hidden. And so again, it's the analogy. If you formed a queue, but the door's not open, make sure that you are not just spending on ads, but you're also responding to what I call the immediate reaction to those ads. Sure. And, in, and deploying teams to do that. So, so many, so many organizations are not resourcing their they're spending the ads money, but they're not resourcing their teams to actually deal with the, input from that it's not it's not customer service these are customers that are saying hey i like your dress but what is it and that's not that's just not that's just a black hole that's disappearing
0: and oh it's so painful as well because suddenly you've got a whole load of people which is ultimately who we're talking to asking you a question and being ignored that can't be good for brand reputation right
1: terrible you know that's that's the worst experience (laughs) possible you've you've got my attention brilliant you've paid for that i've then actually engaged with you that's gold. And not only have I engaged with you, I've engaged with you in a way that my friends can see I've engaged and then you don't respond.
0: In a public forum.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, it's, let's, let's, let's be, let's be honest. 14 years ago, this was not a discussion that any business had to have. And there's a whole, this has created a whole new communications requirement within organizations that it's not there. And, there's not, the, there's not a level of understanding within the budget or the, the management that social is not a sort of binary channel like TV. It's a really complex beast that has many different tentacles that can't be run as silos. They've got to be run as one piece because the customer only has one experience and it's bluntly good or bad.
0: Yeah. Wow. Just the, yeah. Like I knew we could go in so many different directions with this, couldn't we? Um what, what I'd like to do, Polly, is take a pause right there and restart the conversation in next week on the next episode. But right now, in case someone's listened to this and absolutely, which I, I, I can totally understand, would want to reach out, find out more about you, engage with you on social media, perhaps, who knows?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what,
0: what's the best way of, of people getting in contact with you, Polly?
1: Um, thanks Holly, they can either go to our website which is maybetech.com or they can come to me on Twitter, I'm at Polly barnfield, and either way you will get hold of me and the team are always available via chat on our website at um, maybetech.com and I implore you to go and sign up for a Maybe account um, where you can immediately start listening uh, and understanding your customers.
0: So that's great so do go and check out Polly and do go and check out maybetech.com because that's a brilliant tool for really diving into social media it's you know it's a busy place social media you know if you look at twitter or frankly any any um any of the different channels and platforms it's moving so quickly so how do you help make sense of all of that and could be that maybe tech is is your vehicle to help do that so do go and check that out polly i look forward to joining you on the next episode and diving into a few more actionable elements
1: excellent ollie i look forward to that
0: So what did you think of the first part of my conversation with Polly Barnfield? I hope you really enjoyed it. I know I certainly did. I think there were a ton of golden nuggets that Polly dropped on us there. For me, one of the most interesting elements, which I think I knew, but I hadn't quite put it all together, was the fact that social media is not a broadcast channel. It's a conversation channel. It's not like TV. The customer, as Polly said, the customer has a right to response. In fact. They want to respond. People want to be there. It's not like they're reading a website or a news channel where it's just there to consume. You're on social to consume and to give in, to join a conversation. And I think that's brilliant. I know I set up a whole load of conversations and discussions on LinkedIn, and I love the debate and different perspectives that people share. And if you're not seeing them, then we should be connected on LinkedIn. So do feel free to reach out to me Oliver Banks. And I'm also on Twitter, Ollie underscore Banks. That's O L L I E underscore Banks. And I'm going to put both of those links and Polly's links and a whole load more info on the show notes page. That's at obandco.uk slash 42. The number 42. So please remember to subscribe to continue the conversation next week. And I look forward to joining you in that episode. Have a great week.